Welcome to Listener's Advisory, the San Diego Public Library podcast. Got archives? Today, meet our city clerk and learn about her department's efforts to bring San Diego's historical documents to the masses. So stick around. This should be fun. San Diego's City Archives is a vital resource that houses ledgers, photographs, maps, and numerous other documents. The Archives is part of a comprehensive records management program and serves as a central source of information and materials regarding the history and development of the City of San Diego. While the Archives officially got its start in 1987, It was expanded in 2014 and has since embarked on creating an access point that allows the public to connect with and utilize its resources in ways not previously enjoyed. What Archives does in a nutshell is preserves the super important statehood records for the city of San Diego. Liz Mayland is the San Diego City Clerk, an appointed position she's held since 2005. The city clerk is a multifaceted role whose functions are mandated by the city charter, municipal code, council policy, and federal and state statutes. One of the core duties of the city clerk is serving as custodian of records, which preserves and restores official city documents dating as far back as the early 19th century. I think sometimes people get confused over what's the difference between, say, archives versus records management, because we have a records management aspect to the division as well, or even to a library, which has an enormous amount of essential information and much of it related to history. But archives is special. It's, it's a really different animal, if you will. The city archive serves an essential and practical purpose. While different from a library, its materials are generally esoteric and specific to our region and government. First of all, the material that's in an archives is not commercially published. So as with a library that has commercially published books, and those books can be now audio, digital audio, but that those things can be checked out. Those materials can be checked out by members of the public and used. An archive actually has, again, as I noted, commercially unpublished. They may be published in a paper record like our resolutions and ordinances, but they're really essential pieces of information that build our government and the city of San Diego as we know it today. As archivists for the city, Liz and her staff make crucial determinations about materials added to the archives. And that material is never checked out. It's kept. And part of the job of an archives, it's not only to identify archival material, but it's also to assess it to see if it needs to be restored. Some of this material is is beautiful, fragile, original information, whether they're maps or books or handwritten minutes, and so assess whether they need to be restored. And then if they need to be restored, determining whether that's something that we can do in-house or that we can send out, and then making sure it's being preserved properly. With access comes many opportunities, including the potential for destruction of materials. We've really tried to make the material accessible. And in the old days, accessible meant somebody came down and and looked at it. And of course, every time someone takes it out and looks at it, potentially compromises, right? Papers and with the oils on your fingers and even with gloves, it's hitting the air and it's taken out of its 
perfect environment. So we have the digital archives component to the archives access and preservation. And that digital component means people can access this really stunning, this beautiful material from the comfort of their home from across the nation. The archives digital component offers web-based access to an array of resolutions, ordinances, minutes, historical photos, film and audio, and more. It's a beautiful resource that checks all the right boxes. However, the digital archives represents only a portion of what's physically housed. And the photo cold vault you'll notice is quite a drop in temperature because photographs, all, all paper documents um, and cellulose documents deteriorate over time because of the acid basically in the objects themselves. Um, bright lighting will fade documents um, and it will also speed up the deterioration of them much like a newspaper will turn yellow. I got a chance to visit the archives in person. The individual you just heard is Ann Miggins. She's the archive supervisor. Her and program manager Sam Ely were kind enough to give me an advanced in-person tour showing me historical documents and preservation practices. This is the Libro de Ordenanzas, and it's this nice, solid metal book to keep it safe. This is one of the uh, things that we sent off for elevated preservation. It's more than one thing that quickly became apparent were the stories told by the artifacts themselves. Through the minutes of old council meetings to early mayoral accounts and ledgers, the concerns, activities, and lifestyles of the community came to life. This is actually, this is the, the document I was showing, uh, pointing to you to online because I've scanned it. This is 1838. Wow. So this is way before we became part of America. It's had linen signatures. And it's handwritten, and this is where they trade cattle or bequeath their personal mm -hmm. items. There's a will, there's a yes. boat sale. Last mm -hmm. Although officially started in 1987, it wasn't until many years later that new direction was sought in the expansion of the archives. By the time I was appointed city clerk in 2005, my records group had once been 11 people. It was down to like five, you know, so it was a shell of what it had been. There really wasn't an emphasis on archives at that point, really at all aside from vital records. And, you know, vital records are those records that are identified by departments as being the materials that are necessary for the city to rebuild. Should there be a natural disaster, those are kept off site. But that vital records portion was the only sort of extra that we did on top of records management. And the records management portion, of course, is making sure departments have up-to-date schedules, that they're retaining records for as long as they need to per the law, that they make those accessible for when the public requests information through PRAs or other methods. But the bottom line is that archives had had to take a back seat. So when I was appointed in 2005, it was really my mission to try to rebuild that group. During the budget crisis of the mid-2000s, the city of San Diego asked departments to recalibrate and prioritize services. It was through this process that Liz began thinking about how to streamline offerings and broaden access. I don't know if you remember, but the city of San Diego went into strong mayor form of government in 2006, and Jerry Sanders was the first strong mayor. He implemented something called budget process reengineering, and budget process reengineering, or BPR, was an opportunity for departments to take a look at particular 
core services that they provided and involve a wide range of stakeholders. So we had internal customers, we had external customers, we had budget people, we had boots on the ground individuals from within the department. We had people from other departments that fulfilled similar functions. And we looked at our records program and with the goal of expanding it and actually reintegrating an archives aspect into it. Through perseverance, patience, and ingenuity, Liz was able to make progress towards her goal. And then it was 2012 when I went to financial management and I really kind of shopped to this idea again. And they were sort of like, it can't just be the same old, same old, which is we keep talking about records management and archives and what we have here and a footprint down at City Hall. And I worked with the new DD at the time in records. And I said, we need to think about this totally differently. It's got to be with an emphasis on the access portion. Why, Why have all this gorgeous stuff down at City Hall where real estate is so expensive? Let's talk about actually scanning and imaging, making it available, making sure it's restored or preserved, but then shipping a lot of it to Kansas where we have our vital records, you know, so that it's less expensive to keep it. It makes more room for the things that we want to have available to the public, the kind of real wow factor items. One interesting aspect of the archives I learned about is our off-site safeguard facility. Just going back real quick. Tell me about Kansas. Mm-hmm. What is Kansas? Why is it there? What is there? <laughs> People love the Kansas, right? It's the salt mines of Kansas. It just sounds so dramatic and wonderful. But what we store in Kansas, there are materials, like I said, are vital records, right? So let's say the most horrific thing happens and San Diego suffers some sort of natural disaster or a situation just where we're unable to access our materials. The records that are kept in Kansas are those records that would allow the city to pick up the pieces and move on, would be able to reestablish itself. So it's super important. And it also houses, again, some of our archival materials that we've either scanned or just that we feel are fine to have offsite where we know they'll be kept. It's it's kept in a you know perfect environment, climate controlled. Finally, in 2014, Liz and her team received the first infusion of resources towards making her goal of expanding archival offerings a reality. Thanks to Liz's vision, the city of San Diego now offers expanded public access to the city's archives and historical records, as well as a robust digital component. I like, I like when history is a story. That way, it's not just a name and a date. It's a thing that happened. It's an event that you can, like a movie, sort of understand and participate and watch and have a connection to. And a lot of times when people present history, it's a name and a date and whatever. And -and so-and-so did a so-and-so and whatever. You don't care. You're like, no, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. And it's... (laughs) It's something to hold on to. And you're like, oh, okay, that's really cool. With expanded physical and digital access, Liz and her team now engage in annual outreach events intended to spread the word and celebrate the archives. We will have a proclamation by the city council. We will actually have a kickoff in the lobby of the city administration building on October 4th at 10 a.m. And anybody's welcome. Sam and her team have a display that is set up in the lobby. So we'll sort of get off to some fanfare. And then over the next several weeks across October, we'll have various lectures and there's that exhibit. And we'll also be doing tours of our archive center. The theme of this year's Archives Month is Roaring San Diego, the Roaring Twenties. 
One of the primary features of the outreach effort is a lecture series being held at our very own Central Library. We're super excited about this and we have a variety of topics. We're basically going to be talking or highlighting, I guess, some of the challenges that citizens encountered and how they were impacted during the 1920s era. So we have a lot of interesting records to showcase and some of our lectures, the topics that are pertinent to the 1920s. Just just to give you a couple of teasers, to name a couple of them, we have the history of women in law enforcement, which is very interesting in its own right. Then San Diego High School, the old gray castle, San Diego's oldest high school. We have a page from history, rapid transit comes to the beach. And businesses, banks, and booze, the gas lamp in the roaring 1920s. I expect a big turnout for that one. <laughs> then eating local in the roaring 20s. So you can see it kind of runs the gamut. Sam and her team have done a fabulous job getting a wide variety of experts to come participate. Sam Ely is program manager for the archives. Her and her team are the designers of the exhibit as well as the coordinators of the lecture series. So our exhibit will consist of costumes or daily wear from that era, the 20s. We'll also have some documents that pertain to citizens during that time and some of the challenges that were going on, current events during that time. We'll also be taking out a few of the mayoral artifacts that pertain to the 1920s. So there will be something for everyone. We'll also have a few historical images with Lindbergh, different planes, different topics that have to do with the 1920s. So we'll have a variety of different options for people to peruse around and look at. We'll also have a binder of different documents, too, that people can actually flip through. Anything else that you all would like to add? Oh, gosh, Bob. Um, I mean, we could talk forever about archives. That's the... <laughs> This is true. <laughs> I don't have an off button with that. Stop by the fourth annual Archives Month kickoff event on Tuesday, October 4th at 10 a.m. in the lobby of the City Administration Building. Visitors can read about and sign up for the lecture series as well as the Friday tours by visiting the link in our show notes. Also, be sure to check out the digital archives at sandiego.gov forward slash digital archives. That's going to do it for today's episode. I'd like to thank our guests, Liz Mayland, Sam Ely, and Ann Miggins. As per usual, thanks to Pete Meisner and Luke Henshaw for contributing original music, and an ultra-huge shout-out to Librarian 2, Lori Bailey. Lori's the facilitator of Central's historical concert series and a major contributor to SDPL's Band Books Week committee. Each year, she passionately works to fight censorship and spread the gospel of intellectual freedom. For more information about the services and programs mentioned in today's episode, please see our show notes or visit us at sandiego.gov forward slash SDPL podcast. This podcast is supported by the Library Foundation SD. For more information on the good work they do, visit libraryfoundationsd.org. If you like what we're doing here at Listener's Advisory, please consider sharing our podcast on your social media, leave us a rating or review via your favorite podcast directory, or tell someone you know about us. Thanks in advance.